Okay, hi, Elliot Fishman here, and welcome to uh, Facebook Live. It's Thursday, February 9th, and I hope everybody is doing well. Um, it's it's a uh, interesting, uh, everybody uh, is waiting for the Super Bowl. I have to admit, I, I kind of know who's playing, but there hasn't been as much noise. I guess there was some noise about LeBron James the other night. He broke uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record for most points scored, which is pretty impressive. And he's also the first full-time playing basketball billionaire. So they used to talk about athletes being stupid, but now the athletes are very smart and they make a fortune a year and they don't throw it away. So uh, they're entrepreneurs, they're everything else. So congratulations to LeBron. And I did see LeBron once. I saw him at the one basketball game. Pretty impressive. And he's had a long career. And uh, I don't think he's going to win any more championships. However, the Lakers... Uh, just really don't have it, and now I saw Phoenix got uh, a couple new players, so it'll be interesting, though I have to admit, I've not been to a game probably in a decade, and I don't plan on being to any games in the next decade. Today's talk is on calcium scoring, and I think all of you in practice do calcium scoring. It's a simple, quick, often paid by the patient, 50 to $100, to look at calcium score. Now, I remember way back when it was also called the Agustin Scoring System, Arthur Agustin, very famous Miami Beach cardiologist. He also was famous for the South Beach diet. He's also famous for being a super nice guy and a super cardiologist from the University of Pennsylvania way back when. And what he did and what the calcium scoring was was a way of creating and measuring risk for coronary artery disease. And we could say, yes, we have risk, the Framington scoring system, you look at cholesterol, you look at many different things. But those are good measures, but they're not great measures. What calcium scoring does is look at the presence of calcium in the coronary arteries, and then you measure it typically a calcium above 130 is how you calculate it. The absence of calcium or score of zero is, um, means you're low risk. It's a normal study. Now I will say, just so I don't forget to remind you, is that, and we once wrote an article about that, an Agassiz score of zero does not mean you have normal coronary arteries. Remember that there was a while where people, it was in Detroit, I think, in the ER, what they were doing in a few other places, not to pick on Detroit, what they were doing was saying, you had chest pain in the ER and you don't know what's going on, you do a calcium score. If the calcium score was negative, you discharge the patient because there was no coronary disease. Well, one of the things we found, and I know many of you found as well, that you can have a high-grade stenosis in the absence of calcium, or you can have no high-grade stenosis with a high calcium score. So scores and stenosis are not directly related, right? But zero score, you, you particularly in certain populations. So we did a lot of work with Dr. Lai on African-Americans, screening them, patients who had a history of IV drug abuse, patients who didn't, we would screen them. And we saw a lot of patients who had negative calcium scores or normal calcium scores of zero but when we did the coronary CTA, that they had high-grade stenosis. 
And people then wrote an article about that, that African Americans are more likely to have a zero score and yet have a critical stenosis. So it's population driven. You also know a lot of the MESA, M-E-S-A work. It's the MESA scoring system we typically all use for calculating. MESA's looked at thousands and thousands of patients, tried to figure out you know, what's the average calcium score for different populations, white, African-American, patients who were uh, uh, Chinese, patients, different uh, ethnic backgrounds, looking at what's an average score for a 55-year-old African-American woman. So not just saying we got scores, but how does it fit into the population? Now, perhaps that makes you feel better or worse that 80% of people have a worse score than you do. But I think what's important is really the score itself. Now, people have put a lot of effort into looking at the score. And so typically the way less is more, but any calcification is a problem. And really what the Agassiz scoring system was was to basically look at should you be getting statins or not. If you were having calcium, whatever your cholesterol numbers were, it didn't matter. It means you were depositing calcium, which means you needed statins. And Dr. Agustin would say that the biggest risk factor you had is you're getting older. And as you get older, that's why you should take statins. And I remember going to the cardiac meetings when I was the early years of cardiac CT, and they would ask a question, how many in the audience are on statins? And everyone would raise their hand, except for the radiologists. So uh, that, that's kind of, uh, kind of somewhat unique. Now, when you look at the numbers, typically here's what people say. Zero, no plaque, low risk. One to 100, small amount of plaque, medium risk. Um, some people divide it into one to 10 versus 11 to 100, but any calcium is risk. 100 to 300 potentially could require further testing, lifestyle changes, statins. Over 300, there's a higher risk, okay? Now, all of us have seen scores in 3000s. We've seen scores in older patients really high. So again, a score of 50 maybe isn't as critical in a 90-year-old as it is in a 50-year-old. So that becomes very important as well. People also now have been looking and doing work, seeing where the calcium is. Is it in one spot? Is it eccentric? Are there multiple calcifications? Is it one vessel or multiple vessels? So a lot of work is being done, and AI is being used for that to help determine. There are a lot of work also going on. Remember, calcium scoring is not contrast CT. Most of our chests are contrast scans. So you would have to do a different study there's work going now with software that can calculate the calcium score pretty accurately, even with contrast aboard. So that becomes something that you're going to see a lot of. So maybe you'll be able to uh, get calcium scores on every patient who has a chest CT. That indeed is going to be a possibility. I think there's a lot of good work being done there, and I think there'll be more work being done there. I think in terms of uh, your practice, I think a very important thing also is even if the study is not a calcium scoring study, you need to look at the coronary arteries on all patients, whether it's calcium, whether it's contrast and non-contrast, and describe the presence, location of calcium. You could say mild, minim, minimal, moderate, extensive. That's a little bit in your eyes, but if you see a lot of dense calcification, it becomes important. We see patients rule out dissection, rule out PE with chest pain, 
and you see really extensive calcification of the coronary arteries, perhaps that's going to be the important fact. People have written articles, and I this morning when I was checking, the, the resident last night did not mention calcium scores in a number of, I mean, calcium presence on a number of studies. We are enforcing or reinforcing and teaching our residents, fellows, faculty, you need to look at the coronaries and mention the presence of calcium. That could be a very important incidental finding. Not everybody who has incidental calcium needs to get a coronary CTA, obviously, but if they've not been to a cardiologist, if they have elevated cholesterol, <coughs> if they're not on any, uh, let me get a drink here, if they're not on any uh, meds or anything, it may be something they need to do. So the importance of these incidental findings, we spoke about that last week, talking about how much CT can be used as screening, and one of the things you look at is the coronary arteries. So I think that becomes very important. Um, if you ask the question, who should get a coronary calcium scan, I think some people will say everybody over 40, when you're getting a physical exam, you should just get it. Um, some people say 40, 45, 50, kind of like the usual arguments about colonoscopy. But they're low dose now, 40 maybe is a good number. Um, some articles say, well, patients with a history of cardiac disease, just the age, patients with high blood pressure, elevated cholesterol, diabetes, overweight, you smoke, all of the risk factors for coronary disease maybe makes you more likely that you should get a calcium score. But even if you have no risk factors, probably it's a good thing to do. Now, we have a bunch of questions or comments from people. Maybe not questions. I, we have John Biacchino, one of our guys, who's home today. We have somebody I can't recognize where they're from. We have Jose Lias from the Dominican Republic. Um, we have uh, Yassine from Algeria. Uh, we have Iana from the Ukraine. So I hope everything is safe there. I know there's been, obviously everyone knows what's going on in the Ukraine. And I know a lot of the physicians have worked very hard in very, very difficult conditions. So we uh, really, I think all of us uh, owe, owe a great deal of gratitude. You know, um, people who work in war zones in difficult areas, it's really amazing. Uh, um, you know, the, uh, I will mention, you know, uh, some of the things that have gone wrong, but you know, they've had hospitals that have been blown up, that are targeted by missiles and everything else loss of electricity, surgical supplies, medical supplies, radiology supplies. So I'm sure, you know, um, if you're working in the Ukraine now, you're, uh, you're doing an amazing job. So uh, then here's Scott Martin from San Antonio. So we span the world from the Ukraine to San Antonio to Algeria to Baltimore. So a little bit of everybody in between. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of good articles. Um, about calcium scoring. We have some of them online. I can put some more of them together. Um, there's a lot of good material from American College of Radiology. Um, I also, we, we also tell people that not to be scared if you have a high score. I think one of the things that patients, you know, people like numbers, but you know, oh my God, I got 127. Uh, so first of all, the things to remind people is scores don't change even if you take medicine. And also the fact that there's not a direct relationship between score and stenosis. Obviously, the higher the score, the better the chance that you can have something wrong. But again, good diet, medications, statins, and the like can 
do well and the way you have to look at the calcium score. It's a warning, it's information, it's something that you and your doctor can work together to work in your favor. So I think that becomes indeed very important. Oh boy, we got everybody today. Saif from Yemen, from Yemen and Sylvia from Poland and uh, you know, yeah, look, outpatient practice in New Jersey. What training is required for RADS in order to start providing the study? I think it's it's pretty easy. I, I think obviously the um, you just want to get some good charts, get the MESA scoring. All the stuff is for free. There's some good material from the ACR you could read. It's not very tricky. I think you want to make certain that the technologists do a good job with the calcium scoring. They're the ones that typically do it. There's really good software, whether you're a vendor, Siemens, GE, Philips, whatever, or your workstation. Uh, the, the, the systems really are very good at doing the scores. There's a few potential pitfalls. The presence of a stent will screw up the scoring, of course. The presence of a metal clip in the area could make a problem. Presence of really dense calcification in the aortic valve leaflets, and that gets picked up as coronary calcification. So there's some pitfalls. If you're the radiologist or you're the one reading the study, just don't look at the score. Look also at the images and make sure that where the uh, calcium is marked is correct and then the scoring will be correct. So a lot of it is automated and as I mentioned long-term AI uh, and both Siemens and GE and other companies really have a lot of good software that's going to make all of that automated. So I think I've used up my time. I think it's a good topic if you have any questions. We have a bunch of stuff on CTSS and maybe what I'll do is I'll put together a, a lecture on calcium scoring with some of the newer things written and try to do that. Maybe I'll do it this weekend. I got nothing else to do. Anyway, with that, I wish everybody a great day. And uh, around the world we go, okay? Uh, I don't want to make sure I didn't leave anybody else out, but uh, hope everybody has a great day. Bye, guys.